Hi, I'm Maggie. Hi, I'm Grace, and this is A Very Bookish Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to A Very Bookish Podcast. We have a very, very special guest. We have two special guests, to be in fact. We have Sophie Lark and her husband, Business Daddy, the wonderful author of the Brutal Birthright series, the Kingmaker series, and most recently, There Are No Saints. Hi, Sophie. Hi, Business Daddy. We're so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having us. You couldn't tell I am extremely, extremely excited. I had a whole fangirl moment just a couple seconds ago, but <laughs> we're, we're so excited to have you on and thank you for agreeing to be on as part of our October event for this October. It's been a ride and we're finally glad that we got to get to you guys. Yes. We're so excited. Thank you guys. And we will, I know you said we're allowed to go off on tangents. We will try and do a reasonable number of tangents. That is our kryptonite. It's going off on <laughs> for, for our audio <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh yeah. Mostly, yeah. Mostly. Yeah, when Grace, it's funny, Grace started this series, the Brutal uh, Birthright series in August. And I think that's the most book she's ever read in a month that fast. Um <laughs> And when I say that, you know it's true because it's like Grace will read f- four to six books, maybe three books a month, but she sped through the series and I was like, okay, we have to have them on the podcast. I have to read this now because it was just, she was, when we, I tell you, we all know from Grace's Instagram stories, when Grace is passionate about a book, she lets everybody know. And it's just so oh. fun to watch Grace's stories about the about your books. It's Grace's Grace has the best live reactions and it's not even close. The passion and the intensity and the emotion and the parts that you pull out. We were saying this before, we just like Ryan and I just like live to watch them. So <laughs> they're okay. It, 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 it means a lot to me, guys. Thanks. Um, but no, I honestly it was it, it, the Brittle Birthright series. If you guys haven't read it, definitely do it because I talk about it all the time. And it was one of those series that kind of just kept me going and I finished it I think within like seven days which never ever happens to me and it just was just like oh my gosh this has been it's it's gone this long and it's just really incredible and I love that you guys enjoy my Instagram stories they can be a lot but we don't enjoy them we love them and I also love when you tell a story and you're like, wonder what this is about. And then you cut to like a still picture of you making like a crazy face or a sad face. <laughs> I live for that shit. It's the best. It's, so, it's funny. so funny because like there are times when I'm reading and they're like, everybody's in like the living room and it's like our living room, kitchen, dining room is all open um, concept. So it's all there and everybody can kind of see each other. So then like I'm there reading and I'm, I'm, I'm in my own zone. And then all of a sudden there's something I really want to react to. So then I'll have to like run outside. And those are the ones that you like see me outside walking and talking, or I have to like do those quick pictures with like a whole bunch of text because I'm just like, this needs to be recorded. This needs to be said. So it's just too much emotion. Not me reading a smut scene in the living room (laughs) with my family. (laughs) Yes. It was uh, very interesting to say the least. And then like literally after I finished that scene, my dad's like, hey, do you want like a light for your book? And I'm like, no, 
It's, it's yeah, fine. Don't don't don't, 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 don't look. look over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's like that that TikTok sound. It's just like ah, you nosy Nelly. <laughs> Please do not come over here. <laughs> but well, yeah, the, I love the live reaction because I love seeing what people are thinking and feeling during the book, like before the reveal. So I love when people are like, I hope this doesn't happen, or I hope this character gets their own book, and I'm like, that character's dead. And I love like <laughs> I love seeing them. Don't like, even get me. Started. You know exactly um, which character I'm talking about. Don't even get oh, me yeah. started. The way I was so excited and then I was heartbroken. And I I remember posting that and I was like I was like I was like they did not do me like that. They did not do me like that. And I sat there for like a solid minute and I was just like Sophie will rip your heart out. There, there must oh. be a sadist in me because I love. It makes me laugh so hard. And obviously, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill like the main character or anything like that. But I, I, there has to be stakes in the story. Like if there's not, if there's not things that you're disappointed in in the lead up or things that kind of like give you like a little knife to the heart, then you can't have the big happy payoff too. So I just love that like roller coaster along the way. <laughs> yeah, it definitely like pulls you in, and especially because like. The thing about like your characters it's just like it's not just the two main characters it's like everybody around them and oh. that is like my ultimate favorite thing about your books because it's just like it, it's it's something it's like a testament to like an author when their side characters like if you take away the main characters and the side characters are left they can exist on their own yes. and that's exactly what I feel like with your characters like each one has its own storyline has its own plot line that I can just like feel like if I just peek in and look into their life I get all of these you know interesting facts about them and it just feels so real that it's one of my favorite things about your stories all of them so romance romance really taught me the value of the side character because when I used to just write literature the side, your main characters are the focus of the story and the side characters, like sometimes you have this temptation to kind of cannibalize all the best characteristics and give them to your main people and your side people are kind of just like accessories. But in romance, because so many of those side characters will eventually become main characters, it really taught me to like flesh them out and make them live and make them breathe and give them their own like fun backstories and side adventures and their own things going on and kind of like develop them and bring them along brutal the brutal birthright series was the first time i really learned to do that where it's like yes book one is about ada but we need to set all of the pieces for like what's going to happen in sub story and what what is dante's history that we'll learn about later it was it was the first time that i really learned to really make it a world with like multiple interactive people that all have their their own breathing life separate to each other yeah and the fact that it's all connected like that's when anybody asks me like you know a mafia series that they'll love and i automatically recommend brutal birthright number one because like it's a great series number two because like the plot like keeps you engaged throughout every single book and it's like is it a book that you can read in order or is it a book that you could just pick out a book and read and, and me I'm definitely for like that full experience so I'm just like yes. start at the beginning and continue on chronologically follow the whole storyline don't skip anything because it's all connected every book has what happened in the book before it happens it continues on and and I'm very like firm on that like if you want like a full experience the way like the author intended it like read it how they wrote it you know and 
that's definitely something that you see like throughout the whole Brutal Birthright series and then even further into the Kingmaker series, how everything has a reason and everything is going to like some bigger scheme, though it's like one book, but it's all part of something bigger. And I just, I love that so much. I eat that shit up. Oh, it's so good. very much like build and build and build until the climax. Like I kind of see each book as having their own arc, but there's also one giant arc that goes like until like the, well, I kind of picture it like a TV show that it's like each book is the season, but the show itself also has an arc that builds to the finale. And it's, yes. it's so fun writing that, writing it that way. But then it means I always have to come up with something like really, really big for the last book in the series. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. That's and for anybody who follows me and everything, you know, for a fact that I am number one rooting for this to become a TV series because it has everything right there waiting for it. I mean, I was talking to Tanya um a little while ago when I was reading the Brutal Birthright series and I was telling her like I can literally picture like each opening um credits of each season for whose books would be like highlighted and like during Dante's you see like his like a couple of flashbacks of him like you know at war and then him and I just see all of these things and I'm just like oh my gosh this needs to happen so badly it, that's exactly the way I visualize it too Grace and it's so fun and that's that's why a lot of the books have almost what I would call like a cold open like for example in Stolen Air the book opens like 12 years ago or whatever in Poland so you're seeing like so it's like we already met Miklaj in book one Brutal Prince we already saw him as an adult living in Chicago, but now we're gonna jump backwards so you can kind of see his origin and where he came from. And like, that's- Why when, he's so sad. Why he's so why sad. He's so sad. <laughs> and that's like, I kind of always picture that of like, if this was if this was season two of the show, that would be the first episode. It's like, we're back in Poland. You're gonna see like, I don't know. I just, that's like what helps me to visualize it. And I, I would love to see it. If they ever made it into a show, you could make it the lowest budget show with the worst actors. And I'd be so excited. <laughs> I'd be so happy. I wouldn't care. I'd be like, yes, this is happening, please. It's, it's like one of the greatest things ever. So yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Maggie, do you have a question? I'm sorry. I keep, I keep um, we kind of start off of Grace goes on a tangent. I always let her talk because she's so okay. eloquent at talking. Grace, I could listen to Grace <laughs> talk, talk all the time. But for our listeners who have not heard of y'all, do you want to kind of give your background on like writing and publishing and all your books that you have written for those who do not know who you are kind of as a promotion for you? Sure. Yes. So basically we started in 2018, 2019. And I, um, I have always written my whole life, but that's when I started writing romance specifically. And when I first started, I was very experimental. We did the Underworld series and my first book was like a heist romance. And I was like, it's like Ocean's Eleven, but a romance. And then I like slowly- And everyone else was like- <laughs> Everyone else was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> From there, I love that. <laughs> I kind of moved into mafia, which is where I really found my footing. Mafia really spoke to me because mafia is is mafia is timeless. Mafia is like these huge, almost royal families. It's these dynasties. It has these this long history you can draw from all this real life history. Like I picked Chicago for the Brutal Birthright series because of course there's no city with more history of like gangsters and mafia, the Irish, the Italian. 
So it was really, really fun to have all this real source material to draw from because I love doing research and I love world building. So building these two warring families, the Gallows and the Griffins, I kind of had in my mind, like the Hatfields and the McCoys, like I wanted them to have this long and ugly history. I wanted them to hate each other so that when you, I could force them together, it would be really fun and interesting. So Mafia was where my books just really took off. And I felt this like, I felt this, this sense of like purpose and passion around it. And then, um, so we did the Underworld series, which I ended up kind of reordering a little bit. And then from there, I went into Brutal Birthright. And then um, those two series are kind of tied together in Kingmakers. So essentially, Kingmakers is the next generation series, which takes the children of the Underworld series and the Brutal Birthright series and puts them together in this secret mafia Hogwarts type school. I didn't even yes. know that about the Underworld series, that they were connected as well. And like, okay, now I got to go get, now I got to go buy more books. <laughs> <laughs> so for oh Underworld, if, if you want, not all of the Underworld books are connected, but if you specifically want the two that are the most connected to Kingmakers, it's Ivan and Snow. And so, and so Ivan, Snow, um, Roman, and, uh, and Dom all have some connection to it, but the two that are the strongest are Ivan and Snow. Awesome. Yeah, um, Tanya did her like whole reading order. And like, I'm always like looking back to that. I'm just like, is, is, is it time? I, so that I know when to jump in because I love that everything kind of connects, like as I'm going to be saying a lot, I love when things overlap. I love like the crossovers. I like the love the cameos and things like that. And so her putting it all together, I'm just like, oh, thank God. Because I was like, I, I there's a whole nother world out there and I need to, I need to access it. I need to get into it. So it was, well, it was and I, I always summarize anything that's important to know in the book. So I always will like catch the reader up so that you'll never miss anything. But I do agree with you, Grace. Some people don't mind spoilers. They don't mind jumping ahead, but I do enjoy the process of like going through beginning to end chronologically when I'm reading myself. For some people though, I swear it helps them like, especially in Kingmaker, some people have to read like the bully first so that they can handle the air because they don't uh, like the angst of like <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen later <laughs> oh the angst definitely took me for a spin so I can understand that <laughs> not my my form but I understand it it's okay sorry right. I, I made it through somewhat intact so it's it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> bully romances and, are like my jam so I love a good oh, yeah. bully romance uh Zodiac Academy like ultimate bully romance I I'm a slut for bully romance I tell you so I'm so excited to read that book <laughs> it, it was Ro Roman was the first time I kind of tried like bully romance light but the bully was like my real iteration of it and it was it was the reason I wanted to write that whole series like Dean's character was the center of the whole Kingmaker series I really wanted to take someone from from like a dark and ugly place and kind of and I mean basically I've probably told you guys this before but like my idea in my head was like the one thing that I wish had been done in Harry Potter is I wish that Draco Malfoy had like a true redemption arc so that a full redemption arc oh yeah that and you get the vibe of like but then you have to like dislike him at first you have to feel that like you know that angst you have to feel that does he, where does he start on like the lower end of the spectrum and then moving forward and moving up um and so you do feel that when you're reading the air, you do feel like, because at first when I was reading it, I'm just like, I like him. What do you mean? He's not bad. Hey, this is and then I was just like, um, 
wait. This is what's so funny, Grace, is that it's very divisive. In book one, some people loathe Dean. Like, they're like, I hate him. And then by book three, they were like, I can't believe you made me like him. I loathed him. And then other people are like, oh, sweet baby Dean from the beginning. <laughs> so it's very, like, all over the map on how oh, yeah. respond to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I definitely feel like it, 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 to make, like, a villain, you really have to make him, like, understandable. You do have to make it to the point where you're you see their point of view whether you agree with it or not but you have to see their point of view and you have to see kind of where they're coming from and like what is motivating them for like whatever bad thing that they do to actually make sense and like it was honestly my brother was the one who kind of like started like talking to me about that because um Maggie and I are, are, we are in the midst of working on our own project and we were trying to figure out our like villain in a sense. And my brother ended up coming up to me and he watches so much anime and he was just like, well, what, why is your bad guy doing these things? What, what's the yes. reason? What, why, why does he feel like he needs to do this? Is he bad for being the sake of bad? Or is he evil just because, because he wants to be or because he wants attention? Is he doing it for love? You know, all of these things. And it really makes you think as a reader, getting to read his point of view was like, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Well, the the Uh, best villains are the ones that you actually do agree with. You just don't agree with what they're doing to get what they want and that's like it's like an x-men like magneto is one of the all-time greatest mm-hmm. villains because it's like he was jewish he was in a concentration camp he has been prejudiced against before and exterminated before and it's like and now he's having the same thing happen to him as like a mutant like there's nothing more understandable than someone who it's like i mean he's not wrong like we are dicks to people that are different than us you know like yeah, <laughs> it really, you really connect with them and then even like, like you're saying, like with Magneto, like, you know, he has these moments of like, you know, is he really bad? Because like his friendship with Charles Xavier, like, you know, that kind of um, brother and companionship, though they stand on opposite sides of the spectrum, but they have yes. that like common understanding. And in the end, you're just kind of like, but he's not, he, you, you can't decide, you know? Yes, you don't agree with his methods, but you go along with the story because it's, it makes sense. It has purpose, you know? When you're very right that a redeeming relationship can really help redeem your villain. Like Mm -hmm. his, Magneto's respect for, for Professor X is very much like one of the things that shows that he is intelligent, that he is dignified, that he has humanity. Yeah. And you can see it sprinkled throughout like your stories and even more on like the the darker end of the spectrum of the morally gray spectrum with Cole you have him doing with his like you know extracurricular activities but then you also have him you mean murder (laughs) (laughs) I mean yes you know and with with Cole and Shaw I kind of modeled them a little bit after Cole is more like a Hannibal Lecter character and Shaw is like a Ted Bundy and it's very interesting to say why why are we okay with Hannibal and not 
Ted Bundy? And what is the difference between those two people? And like, why do we accept certain types of outrageous behavior and other, and kind of see it as justified? Like Hannibal kills people just because they're rude, but why is that okay with us? And it kind of is. And we're like, so it's interesting to see why we accept certain wrong behaviors and why we, uh, why other people are very reprehensible to us. Oh yeah, definitely. And then you get that kind of like dilemma from like a reader just deciding like, is it all the best? Is it not? Do I like this guy? Do I not agree with him? But then you just can't put it down. So it's a win-win anyways, either way, either way they decide it's a win-win. But yeah. Um, So I also wanted to ask because you do um, your own cover designs. Yes. So So Rye does all of my covers. We come up with the concept and choose the image together. And then we, he does a lot of the actual design and I'll kind of like chime in on it. So it's very collaborative. He has been doing more and more of the work himself. So like on this last series, there are no saints and there is no devil. Rye like did almost everything for it. And he is just like getting better and better at it. So I'm, I'm very spoiled. <laughs> I, I love really, that. Because I like, like having that control over them yeah. where we're like, we're, it's really between the two of us. Yeah. And that's awesome. Because like, I think the first ever TikTok I saw of you guys was that end game sound of like, everyone knows who's in charge, <laughs> right? <Yes>. Me, right? <laughs> yeah, course, yeah that's, course. that was, that was not satire. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is so funny. It's like, kind of. <laughs> is it? <laughs> really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's been it's been really nice. I I uh, did not know Photoshop, so I've I've spent a lot of time in Photoshop learning how to how to figure it out, but we're getting better. Well, and that's why this industry is just so fun. If you go back and on Goodreads and you look at our original covers for the Underworld series with the original titles, and they're so embarrassing, but that's, that was just us learning. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, this business is so loving and supportive and forgiving where people just like, people cheer for you when you like grow and improve and make positive changes instead of being making fun of you because your first cover looks like a weird like reverse I love that <laughs> <laughs> me wanting to go look at them right now no it's it's been pretty like amazing because like you know and the fact that you guys you guys get to work together and you guys have like that complete control over it I think that that's like amazing and like for you know it takes a while number one because like me I I'm not anywhere where I could be in designing and things like that but like learning new programs and how to integrate it and like bringing visions to life I think that that's an it's amazing slow process going. it's slow going and it's like you literally have to work at it every day like you feel like let me try this let me try that like right now I'm working on like a, a project with um an, another author right now and I'm recently decided I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put in my investment into like Illustrator and Photoshop and all of these things. And now it's just like all of these tools and gadgets and I have no idea what to do. So it's a lot playing around with it, but clearly I am obsessed with every single one of your covers and it just amazes me. So thank you, Grace. uh, At least for me, it's it's awesome. And I gotta say, 
every one of these characters all of the men their eyes just pull you in and i feel like all the editing and everything it just makes me want to like stare at them all day that was all her she she taught me how to do that picking the model is like such a crucial (laughs) part of it and when we were able to upgrade from stock images to like the better selection of for kingmakers of like using michelle's photos which are just michelle's a fucking star and the absolute best in the business being able to get those better images was like such a game changer for the covers too and covers covers are so fascinating because when when it is for amazon and they're mostly only going to be seen as a tiny little thumbnail you really need to get a cover that looks good big and looks good on your actual real book but you really have to look at that thumbnail image and make sure that it's still popping because when you're on the chart and you're just one of a hundred you really need it to stand out and then of course you have to have it fit to market but also be unique it's it really is an art i'm very like fascinated by yeah, it. that would be my advice to any authors or aspiring authors that are listening when i talk to them because when you're when you're designing in photoshop you have it zoomed in and you're it's on a, especially if you have a big screen or a big laptop but then i'm constantly pinching and zooming out so it's mm. so it's this big on my screen so i can see I'll, i know it looks good like this but that's not how most people are going to see it. They're yes. going to see it small. And so you yeah. have to make sure that the thumbnail pops is way more important than the cover popping on its own. Oh, but I'm yeah. so excited for you guys. If you guys, are you guys doing a co-write together then? We are. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they didn't want to announce that. Surprise. Oh, no. We've been <laughs> no, talking about it's, it all It's month. fine. We talk about it all the time. Uh, we talk about it more than actually working on it. Yeah. So, you know, it's, the, do it's you, that. Do you guys have a business daddy or do you need one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, need one. We, need we need one. We need one. <laughs> it's, we need it's, one. It's hard because we're both really. Ex- I'm, I'm a full time university student, and I'm working to get into grad school next year. So I'm like, I'm pumping it hard. I'm I'm an accounting major, so I'm also, I'm oh. I'm I'm a business grad too. So I'm just like trying to pump through. And I tell you, it's hard balancing everything because I have like TikTok. I run the podcast as well, so I'm like editing. I'm emailing everybody like. And then I have like my own social media and I have like clubs that I'm like directors for and stuff. So it's, it's hard sometimes balancing. Well, you, you guys are in the perfect place for success though, because yeah. the, the platform is everything. Like you're yeah. already networked into it. You'll already be able to promote once you have it ready. You already know the market, you know what you're yeah. doing. Like self, self-publishing is the shit because it's, it's the only business where everything's in your control. Like you will succeed or fail based off of how many books you put out and how you do it. No one, no one else can fuck you. Like yeah. <laughs> you, it's all in your hands, which is so nice. The control <laughs> that you have. People will still try to fuck you, but like you'll have <laughs> less. It'll be less, less, less in your, your pond. Um, and that's like, what is like, do you think the main advice that you could give to somebody who's thinking about self-publishing who wants to do everything on their own from like cover design to like promoting and all of that stuff so the main thing that is the main struggle is that this is a volume game so it's like you cannot you see the big dogs putting out couple books a year and it's like that's fine because they already have their army of 200,000 fans when you are new you have to publish 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 and you have to do it on a schedule and you have to do it regularly and you have to crank those books out because that's the only way to build your own army and your own market because you're it's just this constant war of attrition where it's like romance readers are advertised to you in a thousand places every day and they will forget you in a couple of weeks if you're not like constantly putting your stuff forward and making new fresh things for them 
So that's really the hardest part. And it is difficult when you have to balance it with school or with, with the actual marketing side of it. That's why, that's why the business daddy is helpful. And you may need to be the business daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm a, I'm a very like a loose cannon when it comes to projects. I have so many ideas. It's someone focusing me to get something done or something focused it's interesting because we're both halfway across the country i'm in but fuck nowhere nebraska and she's in um california so it's like we would have meetings on facetime for like two three hours where we're just plotting and planning together and i'm like okay grace we have to move on like we can't just stick at this one thing we'll we'll come back to it later like grace come on let's let's move on come on so yeah i definitely have to keep grace in check quite often oh yeah because i'm i'm a huge world building fiend i love that so much and i appreciate it so much when i'm reading a book that has it and i've said it a bunch on the podcast before but it's it's something about like you want the reader to be able to step into this world and feel like it existed before they even opened up the book you want it to feel like it runs on its own. Like the reader does not need to be there for it to exist in a sense. And you want it to make sense. You want it to make sense from like the hierarchies of like the government or like of how people interact with each other and all of these things. And I'm big on that sense from like what I write to what I read to what I watch on TV and things like that. I'm huge on like building the world around like the viewer. And I sometimes get lost in that a little bit, but yes. Well, and you're you're right that the reality is the bones. So if you have a mafia book and they have this mafia business, if you don't know what they do for their mafia business, it may only end up being three lines in the book. But if you can't reference like an actual business structure, the actual reference restaurants that they run or whatever it is, whatever you've chosen to have it, like if you don't know like the actual facts and rules of your world, you're right that it it doesn't hold up to scrutiny for the reader. Oh yeah. I mean, I definitely felt that, especially reading like the Kingmakers, like, you know, you're going into this book and you're kind of wondering like, how would that work? A mafia, college, all of these kids sending their kids there. What are they doing? What are they learning? And then you're reading it and then you get these like, these moments of like reading about why they take these classes of what skills that they're learning and like what skills it adds to their trade and things like that. And it, it just like, I'm reading it and I'm just like, this makes so much sense. And oh my gosh, I want more of this. And uh, like, it just made it so much more real. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to go there so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go there so bad. It was, it's, it's an experience and I, and I absolutely love it because it, it makes it just, gosh, I'm rambling, but it just makes it like feel like you can walk through the halls and you see everybody in their uniforms and you see like Miles slinged up against like the wall and he's talking and he, and you see Anna walking around and and you see Dean scowling looking at her and you see all of these things happening and you're just like there and you're just like oh my gosh I love everything 
about setting, this? Setting is character for sure. And the more, the more flavored the setting, the more fun it is for the reader, which is why I often like, I often do each series in a different city or whatever, because it's, it's really fun to really build that out as part of the character. Do you guys know where your book is going to be set? Have you picked your location? Yes. So our project, we started it about, I want to say about a year and a half ago. And we were in heavy fantasy at the time. So we were, that's where we started. Uh, I more recently made my transfer over into mafia and I found that it, it truly is my love language. And so it's still a fantasy book and it's in the middle of essentially nowhere in the US. And it is also a college based story between um, a human girl and a witch and we have their point of views and right now it's more like building the school around them and making it make sense to where a reader can be like yeah I could totally see that working um I kind of forget the exact city Maggie do you remember um so it's not like an exact city it's like it's a magical school so it's a magical university with the facade of an actual like uh like prestigious university that like many politicians go to and stuff and but it ends up like oh those politicians are part of like the supernatural world and stuff like the world is heavily like run by supernatural but like all the humans are just willy-nilly like oh everybody's human this is so great um we haven't really narrowed down a place we were gonna base it in colorado um i've lived in colorado so like i can kind of like base it off of where i've gone hiking and stuff and like kind of the terrain of what we wanted the vibe to feel like um we haven't really narrowed it down though yet but somewhere in Colorado we want to make it yeah that's a good spot for a school too because I love when you're going to have a school I love when there's four seasons so you can kind of see like year passing you don't want it somewhere where the weather's like always the same especially the fall Uh, in Colorado you get me I love that and you guys do a lot of travel like I, you guys are always going somewhere. So and we, we had yeah. not traveled like at all the last three years because we had our baby, our last mm-hmm. baby. And so we, once we started doing Sophie Lark, we use, we were working seven days a week. Yeah. And we were working all these crazy hours. And so we had all these travel points building up because when you run ads, you like run them through a credit card that has like air miles. So then we ended up with like a bajillion travel points and we were like we should just fly somewhere even if it's just for two days because we haven't been on any trip so we kind of did a little burst of like and now we've been going to cities so we can find new settings oh yeah yeah so we we went and visited a couple places to visit some other fellow authors and some other people that we know from the business and then it ended up kind of like when we went to san francisco that's what motivated me to make that the setting for there are no saints and then now we were just in boston and that was kind of like I was kind of like this city's really fucking cool I'm kind of wanting to do this one for like the next series so because <laughs> once just once you're there and you kind of feel like the flavor the mood it like it puts this like it puts the whole world in your head for the story I feel like yeah definitely I mean you always feel, like it's definitely the vibe that you feel when you go to a new place it like adds to like you know, it sparks that creativity to like, you know, I really like how this looks. I really like how this feels because everywhere you go, it's completely different. It's a different feel. I want to start traveling more. I think <laughs> I'm such a homebody. 
and I feel like I really need to get out there and do it more um but that's like so awesome and you get to take your whole family with you like we, sometimes we take the kids sometimes we just go Ryan me that's why we do like just little short trips because like two nights because I don't like leaving the kids too long but um it is, it was when I was in Boston, the like first thing that made me want to like write it as a setting was there is so many men walking around in hockey jerseys. I've never seen so many men wear a hockey jersey as like daily wear. And I was like, I want to write this it's like a line in a book. Like it's one of those things that just jumps out to you where you're like, this would be a funny thing to describe. <laughs> oh, okay. That's awesome. Um, I, I have an, another question, but I'll let Maggie go first because I've been talking so much. So we've talked a lot about like the business of writing as an indie publisher and stuff. So what do you, what, how did, you're both obviously like partners in working in this, you both work on the projects and stuff. What is some advice that you would give to an indie author who does want to like add their partner into their business and run it together? What kind of advice when it comes to like communication and working together would you give to them? Well, there is some things that Ryan and I decide together, and then there's some things that are a division of labor. And just because someone is your partner doesn't mean that every decision needs to be completely joint. So like one of the things that really works well for us is like, I run it by Ryan when I have a new series idea or concept, and, and I kind of be like, what do you think of this idea? How does the story sound to you? But at the end of the day, I have to write what I'm passionate about. Like I can't, we can't, I can't just come up with a story idea and hand it to me because if it doesn't stimulate my mind, if it doesn't start building a world in my head, then I'm not going to be able to write it. It's going to be kind of dead on the page. So I do think that while it's great to be partners and it's great to make decisions together, some things are best kind of like decided individually. Like I also don't micromanage Rai with like ad design or anything like that because he's the one that's the genius that knows how to run all of that stuff. He's the marketing genius. He's the one that. So I just kind of trust him on certain things. That's great. And like, like you said, it has to work well with uh, your dynamic as like, yes. you know, as partners and, you know, in the business world and also in, in your own marriage and in your own family. And I personally would fear bringing a partner into writing because I don't know how I would deal with that but then I also I'm like I kind of need that I need somebody to help push and you know working together and working together and like a, a common goal is like amazing because like you, you read about these romances and you read about these books and then the romances that really stick out to you are the romances that like the couples work together to accomplish something, you know, and they're an actual partnership. And I love the dynamic that you guys have and I admire you guys so much. Well, it's, I feel very- Thank very, you, Grace. Yes, thank you, Grace. I feel very lucky because it's, the best partnerships are the ones where nobody is scorekeeping, nobody is is being greedy. Like it's, we both just really want to succeed together. The business is owned by both of us. It's 50-50 credit all the time. Like neither one of us is like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing more. We're both working our asses off all the time. So just that like, that like spirit of generosity with your partner, where it's like, I'm not going to check up on your hours. You're not going to check up on mine. We're both just going to work so fucking hard and, and credit each other. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have your little ones. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, what I would say too, is that 
you you have to learn how to communicate hard things yeah so if i'm doing something that she thinks is not a good idea or she's doing something that i think is not a good idea you have to be able to find ways to communicate that without feeling like you're attacking the other person and you're being attacked in this business you have to you have to understand reality like it's like there there is like what i hope and want to happen and then there's like the actual reality and at the end of the day like 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 for instance when we launched kingmakers the the original title of the era was the freshman and i liked that title and i liked that title but it did not perform well as soon as we launched it the ads were not converting it was a disaster people thought it was a high school book they didn't want to read it and like rye had to have a very hard conversation with me where he was like leah this book's been out five days. I think we need to change the title right now. And like, that was, was like, like four days. That was like, <laughs> oh, like we just went to all this work to launch it. I like the title. And Rai was like, it's better to do it right I now. I fucked that up so bad. Well, you but it, it worked it. out. It worked yeah. out. <laughs> the series did incredible but that was one of those instances where some some authors will say like don't read your reviews and it's like look i know that reading reviews is hard and that it hurts when people say mean things but if you are getting the same comment some people are just dicks and they're just mean and they're having a bad day but if you get the same comment 20 times you need to accept the reality of like okay, maybe, maybe I am rushing the ending of my books too much, or maybe I am lacking development in the, in the romance. Like you really, it is important to pay attention to real honest feedback, even when it's hard and you don't want to believe it. (laughs) That's definitely a big one. I am, uh, I don't like criticism, but I know that it needs to be there. And often, um, because I, I, I'm, I guess I'm the person in my social group that like um, most of them come to me about like problems and like, how should I do this? And, you know, for advice and things like that. And so when I'm working on my own projects, it'll be like, oh, but I know that this, you know, I kind of have to like criticize myself in a way that I would do it if it were someone else. And then having also that other person kind of come in and be like, hey, this needs work. This needs to, you need to fix this. It's for the better. And though it it bruises me a little bit and I have to cut some things that maybe I like a little bit too much it definitely has happened with us where I've we for our stickers we would work on it and she would send me and I'm like okay this needs to change and I I can tell she's angry with me and I'm like I'm I'm a business major so like I'm used to like having to make those like strategic things where it's like this is a business like it's not I'm not trying to attack you but I'm like what's gonna sell what looks appeasing to a customer that is going to sell and that is going to make them want to be like, oh, I would spend my money here rather than going to another person and spending it there. So it's like, what is that factor that pulls them in kind of how you were talking about the thumbnail? It's like you have to have that pop that intrigues a person enough to spend that coin on you. Well, and and you you will excel at this, Maggie. A lot of this business is split testing because all we can do is make our best guess. So I think this ad is going to perform well, but at the end of the day, I'm going to run all three ads and I'm going to see which one performs the best. You got to gather your data. You got to run tests. Yeah. And I mean, you're still the artist, 
like you're the Steve Jobs, you're designing the iPad. We're not gonna take every suggestion that people randomly shout at us, but when you do hear the same thing repeatedly, then you gotta take that on board. <laughs> the way we've had a big acceleration in our business from basically from Kingmakers onto There Are No Saints because she, back in Underworld, she would write the book and come to me and be like, here's the book, it's about a brothel guy, find a cover, and yeah. it, was, it was that way. And then in Brutal Birthright, we started working together. Yes. And then Kingmakers, we worked together from the beginning. Yes. So that was the first time where Sophie and I were sitting there going, what do we want to do? What does it look like? And she included me in part of that process. And there's still, the books and the stories are still 98% her brain, her ideas. But like that, that, that extra 2%, comes from me saying like, try this or do this. And if, if I give her 50 good ideas, she'll take the three best ones and put it into the series and, then, and, it, and it makes it more powerful. And Rye is very humble about like, if I'm like, no, I don't want to do it that way. He's, he doesn't get upset when I don't take his ideas, but he's the one that came up with the big twist for the spy. Like some of his ideas are incredible and are gold. So just being willing to to brainstorm together without being offended when some of the things aren't selected is, is well and it's also it's too. to maggie's point too in the sense that what the what i help her, i come from a finance business sales background so what i'm constantly helping her is saying if you're gonna do if, if we're gonna build something and option a will sell better than option b can we figure out a way to do option a because it'll make both of our jobs easier so I, I, we're, we're finding a synergy between her being an artist and expressing what she wants to do and making it easier to present it to people. Like with There Are No Saints, I knew that I wanted to have a serial killer who was an artist in San Francisco. I knew I wanted him to have this relationship with this girl, but I knew I wanted there to be a second serial killer who was a threat to both of them. And so when I was trying to describe that to Rai, he was the one who kind of had, he put his marketing hat on and was like, hey, if you need to describe this book in one sentence, that's hard to describe. Like, who are these people? And what's our relationship to each other? So Rye was the one that was like, the city of San Francisco thinks that they are rival artists, but actually they're rival serial killers. So he was the one that put that like marketing spin on it and kind of coalesced it. And it is when you are kind of writing your blurbs and your ad copy, if you can't say it in one punchy sentence, then you haven't really articulated your idea well enough yet. Yeah. That elevator pitch definitely yeah. has to like really be solid. I I totally I, I get that. Sometimes I'm I'm a little slow on it, but it it'll get there somehow, some way. You I, guys, you I, guys are gonna kill we it. didn't get it till like our ninth book. So yeah. well, your, your series it's a process, you know. Incredible it'll get there. So. <laughs> it, I I definitely a part of it is to is just like, well, I really enjoy this. I, I like what I'm making here. I like this idea. I like this project, but I don't think other people will. And I don't know if it's good enough. That's, that's think, really hard. You know, come like taking that idea and like throwing it away and just being like, no, somebody will read it. Somebody will love it. And then you get like that one positive review, that one person yes. talking about it, that one person enjoying it, you're just like, oh my gosh, this, I, I, I did that and they enjoyed it, you know? That positive really drags you up. You guys, you guys are true fans of romance. You know what you're doing. 
whatever you write, they, people will love it. Like, and once you guys have that first book out there and you're getting all that feedback, then you'll like have that belief and the subsequent ones will be so much easier. But like, you're so right that you have to have this strong belief inside of yourself of I can do this. This is going to be good. It's going to be amazing. You have to, you have to feel that way with every chapter and it is hard to maintain. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it's hard. It's hard, but it, it's, it's funny because like to everybody else, I'm just like, oh my gosh you do so amazing you do such great work look at this it's, you made this it's incredible and then like turning back to myself and I'm just like mm, I don't like it anymore. I'm always having to hype her up I'm yeah. always having to be like when she she I have a sticker on my uh water bottle that we created that's part of the shop and I get questions about it all the time or like a sticker that she designed me that's on my computer and people are like oh where'd you get this I'm like oh my best friend Grace made this for me like she's an amazing artist like you should definitely like check out our shop and stuff and like she does wonderful designs and stuff and it's like I always feel like I'm hyping up Grace but there is always that thing of like when you're writing where it's like you're so scared to put it out to the world because it's like the negativity that every person will get you'll always get somebody who doesn't like your book it's yeah, reading yeah. is subjective you're always kind of how you're talking about it you're always going to find a review no book does not have a one-star review like yeah. every book Even has the best one books star. in the world yeah yeah so it's just kind of a culmination of all those things and trying to make it a business model and make it profitable Definitely. You, you guys are going to kill it. I'm super excited to read it. See if it's oh my God. great. <laughs> oh, it's, okay. Thanks. It's, it's so rewarding. I'm really excited for you guys. It's like having, it's like having a kid. You like put this book out in the world and you get to like, it like lives and everyone gets to meet it and <laughs> you're going to love it. <laughs> love you guys. Um, I, I have another question too. Like you guys are, you guys have all these amazing characters which would you say are your top i'll give you three top three favorite characters from all of the ones that you guys have put together it is very very hard for me to pick because i really do i don't write characters that i'm not passionate about that aren't a part of ryan me and and um and what we care about and what we value so it's really hard for me to pick favorites because they all represent something that's important to me but I would probably say Ada is like forever iconic. She just, she was the first time where when I was writing a character, I could hear her voice in my head. I knew exactly what she would say. It was like, she was like popping up with like funny comments in my head. And then I would just like laugh and write them out. So she was the first time where like this person was real and I knew who she was and she was so easy to write. Um, I think that Dean is also one of my all-time favorites because it was the first time that I had developed a character over multiple books like that, where like, where I really, I really was giving him like four full books to like grow and change and progress. So he was my most like nuanced and developed character in that sense. Um, and- I've been Sloan for sure. I was, I was kind of like debating on saying Sloan as well because she, her and Ivan are true, true, true partners, the most like me and Rai. Like they, they're, the way that they rely on each other and can work together to accomplish anything is also very important to me. But yeah, I could, I could list like a hundred, so. <laughs> <laughs> I could list all of them, all of them just together. They all sit on that top mantle. I love that. And that's like, 
the best part of like creating characters like you love them so much you put so much into it and trust me readers definitely feel that I feel that anytime you guys open up my story you guys know that I am 100% in the feels whichever end of the spectrum the feels are they're there and it's intense and it's 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 honestly I'm I don't think when people usually used to ask me like, you know, like, what are your favorite books? What are your favorite series and things like that? And I'm just like, that's such a hard question because um, I like books immediately when I'm reading them. I'm just like, I love this book. I love it so much, but it's something truly to like after the last page closes that you have the reader still thinking about it, especially me yes. that I'm like always thinking back to it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I want to see them again. I want to feel them again. And with your series, it's definitely been like that with every book that I'm just like, if I get like a little sentence of them, I'm just like, oh my gosh, there they are, you know? And especially like in the air, when I would get like a quick sentence about like what, how Cal and Ada had their life go on after. And, you know, Cal with becoming more after the, being an alderman, I was just like, oh my gosh, I love so much they must be so happy writing writing the epilogue for kingmakers just like destroyed me because I had been working with those characters for so long that like I just like bawled writing the final things of like this is what and this is the actual end this is what finally happened to all of them I was just like (laughs) and then seeing everyone's stories of them likewise crying in it when people like, like listen to the song like they're supposed to in the playlist and then they just it's like it makes me happier than anything i love when people listen to the music with your them. playlists i have them on repeat all the time and like it's it just adds to that like listening to and then you have them in your books this is the first time i've ever read a book where like you had the songs at the beginning of the scene like later on maybe an author will post a uh, a playlist and then I'll be like oh this is for chapter so-and-so this is for but you have it right there it's just like you can't miss it it's right there oh, yes. at the start of the scene well and, and where I put it in the scene so sometimes I'll put it kind of at the beginning or sometimes I'll put it midway and it's like if you start the song at that part I go back and I listen to it like reading through to make sure that the song like lines up with like what I want to be happening at, at basically that reading pace and so it really is if you do it, if if I do it right and everyone does it right, it really does line up like in a movie pretty well. It's fun. <laughs> it's perfect. It's like one of my favorite things. Well, another one of my favorite things because I have so many. But yeah, it's I love all of it. And I love you guys. You guys are amazing. And I talk about you guys all the time. And I could just sit here and forever and talk. But well, you, you girls just give me life. I want you to know that that like, as you know, writing is very exhausting and draining and it really kind of like empties your store. And when I hop on TikTok or on Instagram and I see you guys and I see your feedback and your emotion and your energy and the parts that you love, it like hypes me up and like fills my canteen so much. It like really gives me life while I'm writing. So thank you guys. It like, you can never understand how much of a support you've been for me. <laughs> uh, don't make me cry because <laughs> um, I, I know that we're kind of short on time. So I feel like 
we have to cut here otherwise i'll go on for another hour i've been texting her like we need to wrap up we need to wrap up let's just do it again we would we would love to have y'all on again don't tempt me because why don't you schedule another one for after um there is no devil comes out and then we'll talk we about the whole series stop. we would love to do that with you we can talk and pick your brain about everything we would love to do that well yes, we uh, we're gonna end the episode here so thank you everybody who has been listening for this long um we will have all of sophie's links down below so you can go pre-order uh the second book in the duet and when i tell y'all guys y'all need to read this book when i tell you i was sweating especially with the spanking ma'am boy does boy does sophie know how to write a spanking scene i tell you i was sitting at the desk and i was just trying to hide my face from all the residents passing by i was like oh oh okay it's a little hot in here okay okay chapter like, 30 is the hottest sex scene i've ever written i think in my opinion it's, it, <laughs> it was so it was, intense it was so good so intense but definitely everybody should go check it out and also check out our shop we have the kingmakers sticker that grace designed up in our bundle yeah. for october anything else to add grace yeah just make sure that you guys go ahead and check out our october um, sticker pack it has a sticker inspired by each of our authors and one of our book stack of all of our authors featured and it's been an incredible october i've been so grateful to all of our authors that have been on i've been so excited and anticipating this one episode especially and it's just been an absolute honor to have you guys on and i'm so grateful and happy halloween because it's like in a couple of days after this yes. <laughs> yes thank you guys happy yes. halloween thank it, you so much it was so thank nice you. to see both of you and um make sure and email or, or dm her and let's set up the next one yes, yes for sure yes. thank you everybody for listening Love you guys. Thank you. bye girls bye bye, bye.